This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. We just got the news that Berkshire Executive Chairman and Warren Buffett's sounding board and good friend, Charlie Munger, has passed away at age 99. So this podcast is not going to be about him. There are already dozens of articles out there about lessons from his life. You can go uh, on Yahoo Finance and read all about it. And I do recommend you do read all about it. Uh, But in full disclosure... I received a uh, advanced copy of a new book that's coming out by Charlie Munger. It's actually a revision of his older book. And the book is called Poor Charlie's Almanac, The Essential Wit and Wisdom of Charlie Munger. It was It's due to be out in December 2023. Like I said, I got an advanced copy a couple of months ago because I run the Value Investor Podcast and they wanted me to have a copy so that I could do a podcast on it. But they also wanted me to wait until the book actually came out, which is scheduled to be in December, 2023. And now he has passed away and um, I'm still going to do that episode. I'm going to review the book, but um, I didn't want this episode to be all about him because I wanted to wait until I had actually reviewed more of the book. So I was kind of caught off guard here, but I do recommend checking out the update to the book. I was reading the foreword after I got word that he had died. And so it's just kind of a collection of uh, various articles, stories, uh, some were his speeches that he's given at various universities over the year, But like it says, the essential wit and wisdom of Charlie Munger. And there was a lot of that. Um, But some of it is just mostly about uh, maybe how to live your life. Some career advice was always in there. Things like that that are very interesting. But there is one piece of advice Munger is always famous for on the investing side. And that's what I wanted to talk about this week. He apparently got Warren Buffett to focus over the years on uh, certain things in his value investing. And so it wasn't just on finding the cheapest companies, but it was on finding the great cheap companies. Apparently early in Berkshire Hathaway's life, Buffett was buying plenty of cheap companies that turned out to be not so great. So Munger got him to focus on finding those great ones. And that seems simple, right? Like, of course, that makes sense. You you want to buy cheap companies, but of course you want the great ones. But it's not as easy as it seems because even Warren Buffett, uh, even in his equity portfolio, has had trouble over the years trying to find the great cheap companies. If it was so simple, he wouldn't have lost a billion dollars on his IBM trade, for instance. So how do you and I find great cheap companies? So there's two different methods. The first one I just call, you know it when you see it. (laughs) That's the method. Um, So that was a little more, you know, up to you, obviously. But Recently on Twitter, a a listener to this podcast asked me about General Motors, ticker GM, 
and whether or not that was a value here. Now, we've talked about General Motors many times on the podcast because it's been a cheap stock on a PE basis for basically the entire time I've been running this podcast. And I would say that's, you know, that's over seven years now. So it's always been on all the lists. Berkshire Hathaway itself used to own shares. They finally have sold out of that position. Uh, so it it is a value, but is this a great company that you want to own? So the stock is still dirt cheap. It has a forward P of 4.1. But like I've been saying, it's been under 10 for many years now. The peg is still low. It has a peg of 0.4. That means it has growth plus the value. So I normally would like that. I took a look at the earnings to see what was going on there. So they're expected to fall 7.8% in 2023 to $7 from $7.59. Six estimates have been lowered in the last 60 days for 2023. 2024, also expected to fall a bit again, down 3.5% to $6.76. So this has a bit of a value trappiness to it, even though the peg ratio is low. It It's not growing its earnings. The earnings are actually coming down a bit. So I don't like that. Um, but in the whole scheme of you know it when you see it, Obviously, as a value investor, we see the value in it. Warren Buffett did too at some point before he eventually got out. But my question to you would be, are you psyched to own General Motors? Are are they crushing it in their industry? Is this a great company that's going to be growing its earnings for numerous years because most value investors are long-term holders? Those are questions you have to ask yourself. They recently just announced a $10 billion share buyback. Well, that makes some sense given how cheap the shares are, that it's good use of the shareholders' money to buy back more of those shares at this cheap rate. They're also raising the dividend by 33%. It's currently yielding 1.3%. So they're trying to make it more attractive for the shareholders. I get it. Uh, Five years, it's down 16.2%. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 is up 65%. So you have to ask yourself again, you know it when you see it, what we are seeing the value, but is the great side of it there? Is the greatness there? And um, for me, I would say, no, it's not there. And out of all the automakers, General Motors is not the one I would want to own right here. So I would take a pass on it. And it also has the value trappiness. It's not growing the earnings. I want to own companies that are are growing. And this just is not doing it. So that's GM uh, in the category of you know it when you see it. What about a company like PayPal? I keep talking about PayPal both on this podcast and on the Market Edge podcast because it's gotten so cheap. So this is a, you know it when you see it one too, ticker PYPL. Uh, Shares are down big over both this year, uh, down double digits, but uh, you know, over the last five years, down over 30% over the last five years. So really underperforming the S&P 500 over that time period now because it's given up all of its pandemic gains. Uh, PE is just 11.8 and the PEG is 0.7. 
It was oversold at the end of October 2023. It's bounced off those lows, so it's not quite as cheap. It did have a PE, I think, under 10 at the October lows. And then I took a look at the earnings on this one. Earnings expected to be up 20.6% in 2023 and another 11.7% in 2024. And so that is not a value trap. That's looking good. But the thing that uh, is maybe keeping PayPal down is that a lot of growth investors are still in this one. So you have the growth investors, they're looking at that earnings growth, which is going to be double digits again next year, but not, you know, 20% closer to the 10% level. And they're saying this is slowing growth. I don't like that. I need to get out of this. I'm not going to own this as a growth investor. But this is where value investors, you know it when you see it. And we can go in and say, sure, uh, growth is slowing, but I'm okay with that. It still does have growth and double digits, no less. But now I'm getting it at a much cheaper price, getting that PE and the peg ratio much lower. So um, this one is more interesting and more intriguing. Uh, it's always been kind of the forefront of its industry. You'd have to go and see what is happening with the competition to PayPal there. Um, is, is competition the reason that those earnings are now slowing? But it's a company like this that you you knew at the end of October that this was cheap. So uh, that's that's in the category of you know it when you see it. It's also some of these stocks where you're like, how much lower can it go? <laughs> That's definitely in this category. And PayPal was one of those. I couldn't believe what it was doing at the end of October as it sank to new five-year lows seemingly every day at the end of October. So this is in that category. There's no real way to screen for this category, but you'll know it when you see it. So that's PayPal, P-Y-P-L. But the other way to find great cheap companies is simply to run the screens. Um, and we have some real good value screens on Zax.com, both the basic ones, but also the predefined ones. And I tend to run the predefined ones because you have to be a Zaxx premium member, which I am, to get those. And I know many of you are not. So um, I'm giving you the behind the scenes look at what's going on with these screens. And this time I decided, because I did want the growth, to run the value and the growth screen that's on the predetermined ones, the predefined ones. And that is a peg ratio screen. It also includes the Zaxx rank on these ones for the premium members. And that looks for the Zaxx rank of a number one or a number two. That's the strong buy and the buys. So of course, that's what we want. We want rising earnings estimates. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the earnings are going up uh, like year over year. It doesn't tell you if, whether or not it's a trap or not on the earnings side. But it is telling you something good is going on there where the analysts are like, oh, we're getting this wrong or the company raised guidance. And so the analysts all had a raise. And that's what we want. We want something good going on, you know, going into the future. So I ran that screen, the peg screen, and I got 13 stocks. 
And it was kind of an interesting list. It always is with the value because it's never the stocks that you think. So General Motors and PayPal were not on this list. I don't think either one is a number one or number two. So that that immediately excludes them. Uh, but it did have some names we all recognize that were on it. So I picked those because that's just kind of an easy way to start when you when you do a screen like this is to start with what you know. Why wouldn't you want to own what you know and see what's going on with those companies? But I did take a look at a few tickers I was not familiar with because that's how you uncover the hidden gems, kind of like the Donnelly Financials, DFIN, that we discovered a couple of years ago by running these screens. And that's a software firm that does uh, like regulatory and financial software. So if your company goes public and you now have to do all the SEC filings, you can subscribe to their suite of software and it'll do it for you mostly. So um, companies like that are sometimes found in these types of screens. So you do want to look at even the tickers you don't know. But for today, I pretty much stuck with most that I knew because I am curious, where's the value and the growth in these stocks? So the first one is in energy, and it was the only oil company that showed up on the screen, and it's EOG Resources, ticker EOG. And I'm a little surprised, as you can tell from my tone, because... This is one of the big uh, oil and natural gas producers in the United States, and you don't always just see these show up on this type of screen. So what is happening with the earnings? Uh, Earnings are expected to be down this year, 11%, because we had the record high prices last year in oil and natural gas, or not records, but sky high. (laughs) So earnings soared last year, not surprising, it's come down. But next year, analysts pretty bullish on what the earnings will look like for next year for most of energy. And here expected to be up 12.6%. So this year expected to make 1220, next year 1373. They actually made 1376 in 2022. So that's quite the rebound back to those Ukraine war highs, basically on the earnings front. So I'm liking that if if I'm looking for the earnings growth. Uh, PE is just 10 and a peg of 0.4. So those are cheap as we know. And then it's got the good Sachs rank. So um, if you're looking for the cheap energy side and you want some growth, EOG resources is one should be on your list. EOG is the, re- is the ticker. Um, then I pulled out the auto company that was on here. It's not General Motors, as I mentioned already, but it is Toyota, ticker TM. It's cheap too. PE is just 9.7. Yes, I know that's double what GM is, uh, but PEG is 0.4. And earnings for this fiscal year, fiscal 2024, expected to be up 45.4% to 1931 versus 1328. So that's quite dramatic. The next year, I think it had a small gain, but that's like in the next fiscal year. So we got a couple quarters. So we get to that. Year to date, the shares are up 39%, five years up 56%. So much better performance by the shares, dividend yielding 2.7%. 
Uh, but a lot of people thinking that Toyota, with its strategy of doing hybrids more than just the pure play electric vehicles, may be the more lucrative way to go and may be more popular among buyers because right now they're more popular <laughs> among buyers than the pure play electric vehicles. So will that be the case going forward? I never count out Toyota, great automaker, um, same with Honda. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but the story is looking a little bit different and the street is thinking it's going to be different than what is happening with General Motors right now. So that's Toyota, ticker TM. And then the, the third company I picked out on the screen is LegalZoom, ticker L as in Larry, Z as in Zoom. Now, this one is um, all about the law, making your own wills and things like that. It went IPO only in 2021 when everyone was going IPO. So you can imagine the shares have really sunk. <laughs> um, it's not been good if you did buy this IPO because it's down, I believe, nearly 70% now off of uh, you know the IPO and the all-time, I guess, because it only went in 2021. I did a five-year return. I think it said it was down 70. So that's, you know, was near the lows at some point. Um, but it has bounced off of it this year. It's gotten the rebound and it's up 54% year-to-date. So nice little rebound. So we're not getting it as much on the lows. But what is the earnings outlook looks like? 2023 expected to be up 150% to 40 cents from 16 cents. 2024, another 18% to 47 cents. PE is high at 29, but the screen looks for the peg, which is just 0.5. No dividend on this one. It's a little bit larger company than what you might think. It's got a market cap of 2.2 billion. So that's not too small, but it is on the smaller side, obviously compared to something like a Toyota or EOG Resources. But this is one where sometimes us value investors can, you know, go in after some of these IPOs, uh, you know, correct themselves after the IPO frenzy is over. And you can see what's actually happening in the business model now over two years since that IPO, what's happening with the earnings and the sales. And we can determine then, hey, this is a cheap stock and we can, um, you know, maybe find some hidden gems that way. And LegalZoom, even though it's up big this year, is still cheap on the peg side of things, not so much on the PE. So if uh, you're only concerned about the PE, then LegalZoom would not be one of those high up on your list. But that's not our only focus um, on this episode. So we did want the growth component and certainly 150% growth on the earnings side. That's pretty good. Um, I'd like to dig in a little deeper to really know what is the cause behind that. Are they cutting costs somewhere? Did they Were they able to raise prices to really get those earnings up, but keep their subscribers, keep people in the product? I don't know, but something good is obviously going on there 
to see that kind of gain and to keep 18% for next year too. It's not just a one hit wonder and it's not just, you know, uh, maybe cost cutting because that's usually like a one-time thing and they don't keep it going. Um, other metrics, it is a little more pricey on the price to sales side and it's at 3.4, but in terms of these types of like, uh, subscription software type of businesses, that's not too bad. But LegalZoom, interesting business to maybe take a look at. And that's what these screens are all about. So that's LegalZoom, ticker LZ. So you can see there's an uh, interesting mix of companies. But if you're trying to find just the great companies out of the cheap stocks, you're going to have to do a lot of research. You're going to have to dig around. You will know some when you see them. And others, maybe you're going to have to screen to find them because they're not directly on your radar. That's common for the value stocks. The value stocks aren't going to be the Magnificent Seven, usually. Um, they're going to be the more hidden uh, companies and ones that maybe have had some kind of uh, issue. And so the street is rejecting them. And our goal is to find them. And this is really what Charlie Munger's goal and role was in Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett. He helped Buffett to uh, focus on what was really the good things and what was really going on with a lot of these companies that were values, but maybe weren't at the level that needed to be to have the big winners in Berkshire Hathaway like we've seen. So I'll be having more on Charlie Munger, as I said, as I review the book that was sent to me, The Poor Charlie's Almanac. And um, I'm sure we'll be talking about him as the weeks go on and even into 2024 as I'm going to be having a couple more episodes on Berkshire Hathaway as well. I was actually going to cover Berkshire this week, but... Um, decided to change course after Charlie's death here. So be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss a single episode of the Value Investor Podcast. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. You can also get us on Zach's podcast on YouTube. You can find all of our podcasts there. But let me recap the tickers again um, in case you missed some of them. We had General Motors, GM. We had PayPal, PYPL. EOG Resources, EOG, Toyota, ticker TM, and then we finish with LegalZoom, ticker LZ. And as always, I will be back again next week with some more value stocks. I'll see you then. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.